So, welcome back to the Emetophobia Podcast. This is Casey. So on the last episode, I left off with me moving out of my mother's house to move to Traverse City. I was in full-blown one year into Emetophobia, and life was pretty fucking rough at this point. I will be cursing in this uh, podcast, so if you're listening with children or anybody else, um, definitely make sure that they're cool with me swearing. So, um, basically, so at the time I owned a moped, I had a really nice, uh, it was a Delray moped. I remember it was all like candy apple red. It was a beautiful little moped and I got it, uh, for having good grades in school and my mom got it for me so that I could, uh, drive myself to school. Cause I was like maybe five miles away and it was just easier on the dirt roads and easier that she didn't have to wake up in the morning. So, um, so at the time I had the moped and I wanted to move to Traverse city. My friend lived here. He was going to college here and I decided one day that I was just going to pack a bag and head out. I, I was really fed up with the emetophobia. I didn't know what it was at the time. I just thought I had really bad anxiety and, and depression and all this stuff and I couldn't handle it. So I figured I don't want to be stuck in this small town anymore. I want to move away to a bigger, bigger place where I can meet new people and, and try to start a life for myself. Um, which was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Um, and so I hopped on my moped and I drove eight hours going about 40 miles an hour the whole time. And uh, a lot of pit stops to get uh, water and call myself. I was having panic attacks the whole way here. It was terrifying. I mean, I got big rigs driving by me. I got I mean, people yelling out their window at me, telling me I'm an idiot and stuff. It was terrible. So after about eight hours and a terrible sunburn, I made it to Traverse City. Uh, my buddy actually started riding his bicycle to come meet up with me because I got lost. I didn't have a map either. My phone died and um, I couldn't figure out how to get to Traverse City. I knew which direction I had to go. I just couldn't figure out what roads to take. So I finally ended up making it to his house and I had to chill on the porch for another two hours. I ended up falling asleep, taking a nap, just chilling out. I was I was freaking out though. I was It was a scary experience. I mean, it was like very scary experience. So once I made it to Traverse City, I was just kind of chilling and I ended up selling the moped because I didn't have any money. I'd kind of moved out with like a hundred dollars and that was about it. Uh, I sold the moped. I got a job at Taco Bell and with emetophobia, you guys probably understand as well that it's not easy to go to a job and be um, reliable because your day is not always reliable. Some days are easier. Some days are extremely difficult and you can't even get out of your own bed because you're so afraid of the world. And that's kind of what was happening with me was I kind of had to just make myself get up and deal with the nausea and the anxiety and the panic attacks and that frog in my throat. That was something that I couldn't really explain to anybody. It was like the worse the panic attack was, the worse my throat felt like it was closing up and the more nauseous I got. And it made me want to... um, throw up and it, it made me very nauseous and it just made me want to gag and eating food made it worse. Drinking water made it worse. It was just, it was such a, it's like having a little demon in your head that is working against you at all hours of the day, trying to make you have panic attacks. It's so crazy. It's something that I don't think a lot of people actually deal with in life. And that's why it's so hard for us to explain what's going on with us to other people because other people seem, see the world in a normal way. We don't see it like that. Every day is a constant battle to make all these decisions on whether or not we want to do things solely based on the fact that we're worried about other people around us throwing up. 
And that's something that I don't think people without emetophobia can understand ever. And um, the way I kind of explain it is like if, if you were going to go on a boat, okay, which I know is a big problem with people who have emetophobia. If you were going to go on a cruise like with your family or something and you decided to go on this uh, boat trip, you would have to think about every little aspect of that boat. So you'd have to think about what's the weather going to be like? Is it the, are the waters going to be choppy? Um, how many people are going to be on this boat? Is there going to be drinking involved? Is there going to be, the, you have to literally think about every variable that could possibly happen in a situation with emetophobia. And I don't think a lot of people think that way about the world. And it's, it's kind of an interesting way to think about things because you kind of have to plan out your day revolving around what's going to happen at every given moment. And it's, it's, exhausting to be honest with you and it it makes you very anxious it makes you have panic attacks and it's something that uh, is very hard to explain so I got the job at Taco Bell I had to uh, I was the front counter um, cashier which oh man that was terrifying I had to talk to people for eight hours a day Uh, I only worked about three or four days a week it was part-time job at the time it's just to pay my rent and get me food and stuff and uh Eating Taco Bell every day with emetophobia was not fun. I had to really think about what I was going to eat. I ate a lot of rice. I had a lot of just straight beef, like in a bowl with a spoon. It was like a lot of just very simple foods because you're always very afraid of like the fact that you might throw up sometime. Because that's kind of what your mind does to you is it scares you into thinking you're going to throw up so that you then get nauseous and feel like you're going to throw up. And it's such a weird, vicious cycle that nobody, I think, ever has to deal with except for people with emetophobia. Um, And that's another thing that's hard to explain to people when you try to talk about something like this. And it's hard to just sum it all up into one sentence. You know, you kind of have to go into all these different variables about what's going on inside your head and what the anxiety feels like and what the depression feels like and how you just feel so alone, like nobody's there to talk to you. Um. So yeah, the job at Taco Bell was a disaster. Um, I missed a lot of days. I had a lot of days where I would have to go take a break because I just couldn't handle it and I was getting so nauseous and having panic attacks and the food made me feel like shit all the time. And uh, I got paid terrible money. It was just the worst. And I had to ride a bike because I sold my moped, like I said. So um, riding a bike home at three o'clock in the morning because they close at like 2.30 in the morning and then you have to ride. I was like five or six miles away from where I worked. So some nights that was just brutal on me because I was having panic attacks the whole way home and I have to stop and like go calm myself down and chill out in the grass for a minute and took me a long time to get home sometimes. And then the living situation I was in was not the best. It was a lot of stress and anxiety and there was cops at our house all the time and uh, the house was a mess and uh, there's, I I, want to go into some stories that happened but some of them are such extreme trigger warnings for emetophobia um, that I don't know if I can actually talk about them on the podcast because they're, they're that traumatic, um, especially in the midst of like a full-blown emetophobia episode for a good solid probably three years I had um, just not understanding what was going on with me. Um, another thing that I, I decided to do was I started chewing gum. I don't know if a lot of people do that with emetophobia, but the two people I met that had emetophobia were also gum chewers. It's kind of like a weird thing that I feel like it's the it's either the mintiness of the gum or it's just the act of chewing on something that kind of calms you down. It's a weird situation. I still, to this day, eight years later, I have to have mints. I, I use um, uh, icebreakers, spearmint mints. That's like my go-to. If I don't have a pack of those in my car, I, I have like panic attacks and I get scared. It's like my, my lifeline. 
Um, maybe that's something that you also go through as well, but, uh, it's just some weird little thing that I picked up and I, I quit smoking cigarettes because I realized they were really not helping me out. They were actually making me a lot more sick and, and nauseous feeling. And I'd wake up in the morning and smoke a cigarette and feel very nauseous. And it did not help me. It would just send me into a panic attack. And then I'd smoke another cigarette to calm myself down, which would then make me more sick and another vicious cycle you get yourself into. So I started uh, with Tic Tacs. I would just pop Tic Tacs in between my cigarettes to like calm me down because the Tic Tac, like the mintiness would just kind of settle my stomach, make me feel better. It was like my little backup. If I ever got to the point where I was having a panic attack, I know that mints would kind of calm me down in a way. And then I eventually switched over to gum. I started chewing like Orbit gum, which in the long run for chewing gum every single day, all day for like almost three years straight, ruined my teeth. So just (laughs) word to the wise, if you start chewing gum, brush your teeth a lot because it will ruin your teeth. Uh, lots of cavities involved and just terrible. So, um, yeah, so I was living in that house. It was a lot of stress. My roommate had anger problems and anxiety and just, it was a mess. So, um, yeah, there's just so much involved in that. It was crazy those years. I don't know how I made it through that with a metaphobia, but all that being said, it really did help me out because it taught me that Um, even in very stressful situations, I can handle myself and I can still come out on top and I'm not just going to throw up every time and I'm not going to have panic attacks every single time I can calm myself down. But there's a lot of nights where I had to go just be alone. I had to like get away from everybody and go lay in my room, get myself into a game on my phone so I could make the world go away a little bit and just really try not to focus on the emetophobia because it really takes over your life to the point where you can't think about anything else but that all the time and it is exhausting on your body and you're constantly going through panic attacks where you're shaking and I don't know if you have the shakes when you get panic attacks but um, when I was getting them I would start like my my abs would tense up and I feel like I would always be tense extremely tense all the time and it would make my abs hurt like it'd make my stomach hurt and my muscles hurt from being tense constantly and it really I mean it calmed me down in a way but it also like made me feel so tight and just like I couldn't be free anymore. It's like something took a hold of me in my brain and it wouldn't let me go. And I know you're feeling that. I know that's something that you felt before. And, um, I I will tell you right now, there is hope. You can deal with emetophobia. I'm definitely going to make an entire episode on how I overcame my emetophobia. And now, uh, just so you know, I have a full-time job. I own my own company. I go to work every single morning, all day, I have no problems with emetophobia anymore. Maybe once a month I'll have a day where I'll get that frog in my throat, have a little panic attack or something. But 99% of the time, I am a normal functioning human being who deals with my panic attacks, deals with my anxiety correctly, and I become a very confident person. And once you overcome something like this, um, like a mental illness, not overcome it, but learn how to deal with it correctly you start to become very confident in your own mind and it kind of lets you think outside of the box and you become an extremely strong human being. Um, I promise you that if you have emetophobia, it is not the end of the world. You can overcome it. You can deal with it. You are not alone. You can always talk to me. You can always talk to the other people who are going to be on the uh, Instagram. I I just recently made an Instagram called the emetophobia podcast. Um, brand new pod, uh, brand new uh, Instagram. If you want to go follow that, that'd be awesome. Um, definitely send me a DM if you want to talk about some things. Um, the email is going to be theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to hit me up on there and talk about anything emetophobia related, or you just want to drop in and say hello or uh, let me know how your day's going, definitely like hearing from you guys. Um, and 
on this episode, I think that's going to be it. Uh, I just wanted to explain a little bit more to the end of that story. Uh, this will be the episode two here. Um, the next few episodes are going to be um, entailing how I started to deal with my emetophobia and how I um, uh, started to just realize what it was and uh, get over it. Um, so I really appreciate all the support from you guys. Uh, definitely go down and leave a review if you appreciate the podcast and uh, you like what I'm doing here. I'm just really trying to raise more awareness of emetophobia so that if anybody's wondering about it, you can just send them to this podcast and this will explain what's going on in your head in a little bit uh, more of an extensive detail than what you can uh, explain. Um, I know it's difficult to explain to people. I've spent the last eight years trying to explain it with not a lot of people understanding what I'm saying. Um, And I just want you to know that you're not alone. I'm here for you. There's a whole community of emetophobia people uh, who are going through the same exact thing you're going through. And uh, I really appreciate you. And you're strong. Like you are strong for dealing with this kind of a, a mental illness because not a lot of people could could live their life with this kind of a situation. And I know how difficult it is. I've been on your level before. And I promise you that there's hope. And I'm going to help you with that. I really appreciate you guys. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a good one.